Living in a scientific age, we need citizens who know enough about science to make intelligent decisions about what they do. We've used science to, to prolong life, to increase security and happiness. Ooh, we're going to talk about science prolonging life later. But it can also be used for destruction. <clears throat> Are we going to use it constructively? It'll be up to you, and you too. Oh, hi, Todd. How's it going? Oh, hi, Mark. It's been a busy week, and it's going pretty well considering all the news around AI. Speaking of artificial intelligence, what did the AI say to the server? I don't know what did the AI say to the server. Can I get a bite to eat? Ha 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 ha, that was terrible. <laughs> wow, oops, that's the wrong button. That's the, fu- that's the scary future of our show that we will no longer... <laughs> We don't have need to, to do be it. Here anymore. I know we don't have to do anything anymore. What was scary is that well, your voice sounds like you were speaking from the bottom of a bog. Still, <laughs> <laughs> but that last, the very last thing, I forget what it was now, really did. Like if you would excerpt that last yeah. sentence out, really did just sound like you saying something quickly. So this, this, uh, we used a, a, an app, an, an online system called Resemble that uh, you train an AI. Resemble, I think it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That uh, you train your voice and it has you speak a bunch of words and phrases and then uh, it creates a voice profile for you. And I did the bare minimum. <laughs> and so I like, I, and this was, I did it like six weeks ago and I did it for something else. And, and then I had you do it and I was going to create a script. Uh, I actually did create the script uh, and I was just going to have the AI do an episode for us Yeah, based on, uh, so I've got a script in the can <laughs> and I've got our two voices in the can. We, and so we can queue up an episode about uh, microclimates in the Portland metro area, which wow. are, it's actually kind of an interesting topic that I learned about by having <laughs> the AI, an, the AI l- teach us about, uh, science things around uh portland wow and uh and so i haven't done that yet but we're going to talk about ai today and so i thought i would have chat gpt open up the podcast yeah that's perfect so i'll I'll play the little clip of so yeah the reasonable ai you go to their site and um against everything i stand for i signed up for an account and (laughs) (laughs) on behalf of mark but it just it may it has you read maybe 10 15 20 sentences and um, and then it clones your voice. So here is me reading. It's the, the oh, it's not anything the wrong. The dryer is okay. On. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's chat. It's chat GPT getting <laughs> asking for royalties. Uh, so here was here is my, was my me reading the <laughs> the test prompts being read back to me in the voice that it figured out for me. So this okay. is the. Well, I guess I'll see how this goes. I wasn't sure how dramatic I should be when reading all the prompts, and at first I thought it was just going to be random words or nonsensical phrases. The sentences were written badly, so I thought they were just random, but then they also were sort of telling a story. So I kept reading as if I was reading a story out loud, but then wondered how that would affect the final outcome of the AI voice. So we'll see. But what you might not have known is that this was the AI voice the whole time. (laughs) 
but he's gay. It, I mean, he's gay. Now, excuse I guess me, I'll he's see blind. How this goes. Oh, sorry, I stepped all over that. <laughs> but he's gay. I mean, he's gay. Excuse me, he's blind. <laughs> So that, yeah, I typed that in after I read all the prompts because like I, like I said, like my AI voice said, I couldn't figure out if it was just getting me to do like basically the quick brown fox jumps on a lazy dog type thing. But then it did seem to be telling some sort of story, but then it took none of my emotional beats that I took in the story. And that last sentence was typed out in all caps, which it also did not read any differently. So what I, what I noticed just now, and I don't know if this has been there all along is there are some tools. Once you have put the text in for changing tone, inflection and pace. Okay. And so uh, I tried to stretch things. uh, Yeah. I didn't have time to. I mean, honestly, nobody honestly, has time. We, we've already spent too much time on this. I think it could be argued, but yeah, it it did. It really did nail the sound the, the of t- my voice. I would say the timber of your voice. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And uh, it still sounds. Uh, you know, you can detect that it's mechanical, not uh, you know, Fluid, not natural language, organic. But, but yeah, the, the pacing is, is stilted and you don't get the inflections like you would, but the timber is nailed. Yeah. Like, so, I mean, if, and I'm sure you can kind of like pro tools, this, like you yeah. would a music song or, or, uh, something like that and really make it sound. I was playing it for the, the teenagers, uh, at work and, we were talking about like, yeah, it used to be the only way you can prove something was to have a photo or recording of that. And now that's the first thing you should question is the photo <laughs> or the recording of your voice. And and what we are playing with here is a rudimentary system. Uh, I was at Microsoft that just announced they've got a new system that can take three seconds of your voice and build a profile from that. So anything more than three seconds it's just and icing it'll just, on the, yeah. 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 And so, it, it, wow. so yeah. What I, a I, problematic thing to have been invented. <laughs> so uh, what, what we're talking about if, if you've been living under a rock is uh, chat GPT and it is um, a language model, uh, artificial intelligence system that you can ask it questions and it's got data up to and including 2021 and and so it doesn't have current events and you can't ask it to like predict stocks and things like that uh which was the very first thing that my business partner did (laughs) he's like show me which stocks to pick and uh it's like i don't have that information future biff tanner absolutely and uh and so the ChatGPT just announced that they're they could release version four, but they literally said, uh, "I'll pull up the tweet or something." Yeah. Uh, we don't want to release it until it's safe uh, for humanity to use. And I'm like, so it it's gone up a, a, a an exponential level right. of quality. I imagine this is much like uh, when computers in the 80s and 90s were making those exponential leaps and processing and all of that. We're just doing that with, we are just doing that with the chat AI. But yeah, Moore's Law used to be 18 months and now it just feels like 18 minutes. It's just, (laughs) it's ridiculous. Uh, And so ChatGPT4, ChatGPT3 
that system has Dolly, uh, which is yeah. the image generator, and ChatGPT is the text generator. Uh, the version four has images, text, and video. So you can have it generate a video for you, which means very soon you can say, hey, create a video of Barack Obama, it, uh, whatever do it you know doing whatever you wanted to do yeah. like and uh and it'll only be the limitations imposed by humans that will prevent nefarious activities from coming out of that. in other words we're screwed so the uh there's i wonder if everyone who has one of the voice recognition password or like way into your house or like into your gun cabinet or whatever. Well, that stuff's all irrelevant. It's so I, I talked about this years ago of like when AI catches up to our environment, we're toast. Like if I'm a web developer, I create websites. If we sick a big engine of artificial intelligence on my server to find and crack vulnerabilities and take down the website, it will. <laughs> There's no question. And so uh, so we're in we're in uh, uh, really challenging areas. So you can't ask ChatGPT like how do I dispose of a dead body? Right. But you can say, hey, I'm writing a book and <laughs> and the main character is a uh, a murderer. How would my main character dispose of a body? And it'll tell you. Uh, and so it's there's very easy workarounds yeah. because there's no. It's not like x plus y equals z. It's not a specific formula. It's a big pool of information with a big pool of humans that are leveraging it and twisting it and bending it and doing things with it and <clears throat> they're talking about how to uh silently and um n not nefariously like silently capture copyright information one of the it, it's not <clears throat> it, not for the reasons you think it's not to protect copyrights what it is is there's going to be so much content put into the world that's generated by ChatGPT that it doesn't want to use that as source material. Right. And I, yeah, I was just wondering if there's there's got to be a way that to watermark for a better. Right. Uh, watermark is the, is the right term. So. So um, um, Elon Musk. Uh, during the Twitter uh, purchase, uh, he had a an individual within the company who was leaking information, leaking memos uh, about his activities and, and things. He cre he his team um, <laughs> his team used a technique of silently using the spaces between sentences as a binary signature. So if I've got a hundred sentences in this memo, the first, second, fourth, eighth, fifth, right, have two spaces and all the other ones have one space. And so that's a signature that is in that memo that was given to one individual. And then the next person got the same memo with different 
uh, tagging of spaces between the sentences. And so they were copying and pasting the memos to the news outlets, and he was able to reverse engineer the space signatures between sentences to determine who it was that was Jeez. leaking the information. And so there's got so to be hard to be a criminal these days. <laughs> totally. There's got to be techniques like that to employ. But ChatGPT isn't the lone gate holder. Yeah. Uh, Gatekeeper. Keeper. Uh, uh, key holder to the gatekeeper. thing. <laughs> the key master. The key master. There is no Zool. To, to only <laughs> ChatGPT. And so um, there's there's no like the genie's out of the bottle and it's. I was just trying now to, a new world. I was just trying to find it didn't I didn't copy it for this week's news stories, but the the headline was basically computer science scientists pleading like if we don't give these AIs consciences somehow like we're all going to die. We totally like if it determines this is war games all over the Matthew the yeah, Matthew Broderick movie. Yeah, if it determines that our electric grid would better serve us in a different way like let's you know uh i'm going to save the planet from you are using too much electricity <laughs> you know i mean that's that's a reasonable thing that it could do and uh, things like that that we haven't even touched the you know it's uh what the future wi- wars will wild be. world so we'll talk about chat yeah. a little bit more and some specific examples and how we've been using it at work actively and all the things cool cool yeah i'm, I'm very excited i've been waiting waiting to have this conversation for a while uh, but let's get to some new stuff first actually there's a documentary that i want to recommend and you can find it on youtube it's called the target shoots first which is a terrible title for this but it's this guy in 1992 or so who would just carry on a video camera with him. Like he wasn't necessarily a documenter, but he was just one of those guys that was just filmed every day. And he got hired at Columbia house music, the 10, oh, yeah. 10 CDs for a penny right. type thing. And so he'd just bring his camera to work and all the coworkers were like, all right, whatever. And so, but they would all just talk freely. He would take it into meeting. Like, I don't, I'm guessing this wasn't released as a feature film because it is, I'm sure legally <laughs> problematic in any number of ways. But it was interesting because he is getting to Columbia House right as alternative music has taken off. Uh, so I think it must have been 92, 93. Right. So there's all these meetings of where people are like, well, how much space do we need to devote in our next little booklet for alternative music? Like, we've got all this heavy metal all ready to go. Like, what is this going to be worth? And so just and it was such a interesting time capsule of not only Columbia house, something like that, but like, and how they put their product together and how they sold their stuff. But it kind of does follow alternative music taking over. And it does have the, the death of Kurt Cobain is in it too, because it's over a couple of years. So it's, it's really interesting. I think it's only like an hour long called the target shoots first, and you can find it on, on YouTube. So an interesting, interesting time capsule. Oh, speaking of time capsule. So when was it like two weeks ago I was at the bins shockingly (laughs) and found a tape that was just labeled in hand labeled in Japanese. And so I bring it home and I usually don't buy, there's usually lots of ones from, from Thailand. And so I never pick them because it's always like some, it's like the yearly ceremony or whatever that they have. Just all the dancers and it's all whatever. So I was like, Oh, I'll take a chance. There was nothing else at the bin. So I didn't want to make it a wasted trip. So I picked up that 
And I bring it home and it wasn't rewound, thankfully, else I don't even know if I would have caught it. It I press play on it, it's at the very end, and there's footage of and it says live on it, footage of 9-11, the second oh. building being hit. And I was like, oh, okay. And so I rewound the tape, which was 10 hours of one VHS tape that held 10 hours of content, which I had never heard of before. Was it on super slow play? Yeah. Thing? I mean, and the quality was terrible. It was like a one ply toilet right. paper of, right. of recording. So the terrible, but yeah, it was 10 hours long, which was shocking to me. So I start playing it from the beginning and it's just some Japanese TV drama and there's regular ads in it and like, every every hour break they do a little news update and it was just like regular news from tokyo or whatever nothing but then in the last hour and a half all of a sudden there's um footage from 9-11 and let's see if i can actually bring up the audio of it which is kind of fascinating from from a Japanese news station. So it is from it is Japanese television from a Japanese station, um, and here we go. It is. So yeah, they're showing they're showing the buildings there, and what I was like, well, I mean, how often have we seen footage of 9/11 that still says live? I mean, everybody's right. just replaying, so I was like, well, I can't rely on that, but I was like. They haven't broken into programming like this is still just a news break. It wasn't happening before in the news breaks. They only show the two buildings being hit. They don't show them collapsing. They don't talk about the Pentagon. They don't talk about any. They don't show any other planes or anything like that. And they do it again towards the end. But now the tape ends. And and so it cuts off. And I don't know if there was still about a half hour left on the tape that wasn't used. So I don't know if it was manually just shut off at the hour or what happened there. And so now I, I finally posted it to my YouTube channel asking for someone who speaks Japanese so they can translate. And somebody did just respond that I haven't been able to check, but it it pretty much seems like it was from 9-11-2001, the day as wow. it was happening, which, I mean, I, I found an FBI tape before, which is a pretty wild series of coincidences. Yeah. This one kind of freaks me out a little more. Like the FBI tape, a guy retires to Portland, gets rid of his stuff. Okay, like that's unusual that I found it or whatever. But a tape that originated in Japan on 9-11. Right. All of the circumstances it gets to the United States somehow, it gets to the bins in that two-hour window of when that bin is out that I decide to go that day offhand. And it just like, after a while, it really starts messing with your head. Like that day I ended up behind you and Nick on I-5 or whatever right. for some reason. It's like... <laughs> This series of like, do I leave 10 seconds earlier right. or later? The the sliding doors of of how that happens. So, yep. so yeah, check out uh, Dr. RIP VHS. Uh, there's, a, there's a healthy discussion going on now because somebody just chimed in that knows Japanese. So fascinating. That fascinating. is really cool. Uh, another slice of life. Well, let's get into some new Citibank <clears throat> to pay $31 million in a redlining settlement. We're going to be bringing up redlining later when we talk about AI, too. Uh, the Justice Department accused Los Angeles Bank. It's City National. Oh, City National Bank. Sorry. Yeah. Corrections. 
uh, City National Bank on Thursday of discrimination by refusing to underwrite mortgages in predominantly black and Latino communities, requiring the bank more, to pay more than $31 million. Uh, it's the latest bank in the past several years to be found systematically avoiding lending to racial and ethnic minorities, a practice that the Biden administration has set up its own task force to combat, the Justice Department says, between 2017. Like, this is not... right. 1960 between 2017 and 2020 city national avoided marketing and underwriting mortgages in uh, majority black or latino neighborhoods in los angeles county other banks operating in those neighborhoods received six times the number of mortgage applications than city national did they alleged that the bank with roughly 95 billion dollars in assets was so reluctant to operate in those neighborhoods the bank only opened one branch in those neighborhoods in the past 20 years in comparison, the bank opened or acquired 11 branches in that time period. In addition, no employees were dedicated to underwriting mortgages in that one branch, unlike branches in the majority white neighborhood. So the average black family is a fraction, the average net worth of a black family is a fraction of a typical white household and homes in historically redlined neighborhoods are still worth less than homes in non-redlined communities. So Portland's uh, history with that is becoming more and more known, but uh, all of the Alberta district and when we when I first right. moved here I forget if it was walking down Alberta with you but they were like tearing down some building and there was a bunch of junk and in the back you could see like the sign it was like a no parking <clears throat> sign but it was you and me uh, we did see that sign and it was an art, historic an art project that somebody had made mm. and they were they were taking because there used to be uh, you know it, it was a definitive this street and north yeah uh is a red line and so there was an art project that somebody put together that looked like no parking signs yeah that were like uh the the red line okay uh, you know uh, uh here's what a the, great art the project fight. yeah and so it called out awareness and and people didn't know what the term meant and so they were right. asking about it and uh and yeah i i wanted that we couldn't find the owner it was kind of in a little uh, it was like in a shed or something shed, like that yeah, yeah. kind of thing that you could see from the street, but there was a fence between you and it. Yeah. And I wanted that sign. But, <laughs> uh, I thought it was really fascinating. Wow. Um, and if you haven't read the 1619 project and there's a lot of uh, uh, controversy globally about, uh, about that book because it really goes into the institutional racism uh from the very first black person that was brought to the United States, uh, you know, what is now the United States, North America in 1619 huh. until today. And I remember, you know, during the black lives matter movement and, uh, all that, I, somebody on, on Facebook, which you, you know, whatever, uh, was like only humans can be racist institutions can't be racist and i'm like well that's, that's the, not true that's at all. the opposite <laughs> right and so like institutions can absolutely be racist and uh the 1619 project goes into dozens and dozens of examples of how uh white america has leveraged their success on black americans and now like well no you live in a you live in a slum you know find your way up you know like yeah. well 
we helped you get up. Can we have all our bootstraps back? You (laughs) stole them. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, And so, you know, yeah, it's a huge conversation. Yeah. And we, yeah. And we will talk a little, like I said, a little (laughs) bit more about that later. Um, Why don't you tell us about uh, UFOs? A new UFO report shows hundreds more incidents. (laughs) Maybe they'll get us before chat GPT takes us down. (laughs) (laughs) Enabling a greater awareness of the airspace and increased opportunity to resolve what is actually being reported. No, I, that's the second part of a sentence. I know, well, I just that disappeared. The, usually, uh, the first sentences are the same as the t- title, totally, so I just cut that out. Totally. So, roughly half of all, uh, half of the new incidents reported in the report have terrestrial explanations. The report said <laughs> the sentence says "report" three times, <laughs> and, so, uh, and so the increase in reporting is being partially attributed to the continuing effort to destigmatize. The reporting of such incidents and focusing on the potential safety risks that could pause pose to U.S. personnel. So, basically, they're, yeah. they're saying, you know, uh, we're doing more reporting. Uh, we're finding more things. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 26 are being attributed to drones. 163 characterized as balloons or balloon-like entities. And six are attributed to... <laughs> clutter. Clutter. Yeah, in my bedroom. <laughs> so. Clutter. I barely knew her. Okay, that's the chat GPT I can get behind. <laughs> I barely knew her. <laughs> well, our book bans discrimination. The Biden administration is going to test a new legal theory. The probe is based on a complaint of discrimination law. La- Easy. Maybe, maybe I do need chat GPT. Discrimination lodged last summer by the American Civil Liberties Union of Texas, if the government finds in ACLU's favor, the determination could have implications for schools nationwide, forcing libraries to stock more books uh, about LGBTQ individuals and requiring administrations amid a rising tide of book challenges and bans to develop procedures ensuring student access to books that some Americans, especially right-leaning parents, deem unacceptable. The book often, the books most often targeted are sometimes, and sometimes it they explore sometimes challenging <laughs> themes of sexual and racial identity. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I am an actress. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, the, the, the article is much longer than that, but it will be interesting. I mean, look, everybody just kind of relax here a second. We're going to have a little talk. If you're banning books, lighting them on fire, trying to take them away from other people, you're not on the right side, right? <laughs> I understand there's struggle about the contents of some books, but you can always read the book, study study about that book. You can still disagree with it, but stop taking books away from people. <laughs> You're never on the right side, all right? Never. Ever. <laughs> all right. Well, let's move on because now old mice can grow young again. Yep. Can people do the same? In Boston Labs, old blind mice... Three blind mice (laughs) have regained their eyesight, developed smarter, younger brains, and built healthier muscles and kidney tissue. On the flip side, young mice have prematurely aged. Oh, on the flip side, young mice have prematurely aged with devastating (laughs) results to nearly every tissue in their body. (laughs) (laughs) The experiments show it. It's longer than I think it's going to be. The experiment showed aging is a reversible process capable of being driven, quote, forwards and backwards at will, says anti-aging expert David Sinclair, who, who has a rapidly aging portrait of himself in the attic. 
<laughs> our bodies, uh, our body, that book was banned in some libraries. So <laughs> if you don't get it, you won't be able to. Our bodies hold a backup copy of our youth that can be triggered to regenerate, said Sinclair, the senior author of the paper showcasing the work. The combined experiments published for the first time Thursday in the journal Cell, my favorite journal, challenged the scientific brief uh, belief aging is a result of genetic mutations that undermined our DNA, creating a junkyard of damaged cellular tissue that can lead to deterioration, disease, and death. Quote, we believe it's a loss of information, a loss in the cell's ability to read its original DNA, so it forgets how to function in much the same way old computers may develop corrupted software. I call it the information theory of age- aging. He says, clearly trying to get that out. <laughs> uh, the mice are from the same litter. Oh, this is just, <laughs> this just, is just to describe the picture. <laughs> the one on the right has been genetically altered to be old. Oh. In other words, the cellular pieces lose their way home, much like a person with Alzheimer's. What? I'm going to throw those people under the bus. The astonishing finding is that there's a backup copy of the software in the body that you can reset. Uh, why We're showing why the software gets corrupted and how we can reboot the system by tapping into a reset switch that restores the cell's ability to read the genome correctly again as if it was young. It doesn't matter if the body is 50 or 75, healthy or racked with disease. He said, once that process is triggered, the body will then remember how to regenerate and will be young again, even if you're already old and have an illness. With that software, we don't... Now, what that software is, we don't know yet at this point. We just know that we can flip the switch. Um, we started making the mouse. We started making that mouse. What? To test the theory, began trying to fast forward aging in mice without causing mutations or cancers. So we started making that mouse when I was 39. I'm now 53. And we've been studying that mouse ever since. If the theory of information aging was wrong, then we would get either a dead mouse, a normal mouse, an aging mouse, or a mouse that had cancer. We got aging. So it goes on and on to say um, how they did it. They shoved them full of something called Yamanaka factors um, that help repair the body. The re- mice regain their web, their website, their eyesight. <laughs> um, then they tackled the brain, kidney, and muscles. One of the breakthroughs was to realize if you use this particular set of three pluripotent stem cells, the mice don't go back to age zero, which would cause cancer or worse. I don't know why that would cause cancer or worse. Instead, the cells go back to being 50 and 75% of the original age, and they stop and don't get any younger, which is lucky. How the cells do that, we don't understand. So another nightmare scenario for our future as... All of our rich old billionaires become young again and refuse to ever release us from their talons. <sighs> Do you want to up into the internet? Or sure. Are you busy? Uh, so Google says that a Supreme Court ruling could potentially upend the internet. A case before the Supreme Court challenging the liability shield protecting websites such as YouTube and Facebook could result in both widespread censorship and a proliferation of offensive content, Google said in a court filing on Thursday. In a new brief filed with the high court, Google said that scaling back liability protections could lead internet giants to block more potentially offensive content, including controversial political speech, while also leading smaller websites to drop their filters to avoid liability that can arise from efforts to screen content. Section 230 generally protects internet platforms such as YouTube, Meta Platforms, Inc., 
Facebook, and Yelp. Yelp. From being sued for harmful content posted by third parties on their sites. It also gives them broad ability to police their sites without incurring liability. Lawmakers and President Biden have long called for modifying Section 230 to address what they say are flaws in the law. But legislation to do so has repeatedly fizzled amid partisan differences. <laughs> nice. Basically, all of these laws are still based on that 1996 Telecommunications Act that destroyed lots of things. But we need to, and again, we'll talk about that when we talk about AI, how we need to maybe have people that are <laughs> under the age of 90 making laws about how our technology works. Um, the new take on Pinocchio, which is Guillermo del Toro's new movie, um, was filmed or made in Portland over at Leica, wins the Golden Globe for Best Animated Movie. Have I talked about Pinocchio on the podcast before? Uh, I don't think so. I There are so many remakes of Pinocchio. Like, there were four this year. <laughs> right. Why do filmmakers in Hollywood think that all we want are remakes of Pinocchio. Like I get in Italy, it's their big, their story. Like, okay, fine. Why do we get so many Pinocchios? Have you watched this one? It's pretty good. No, I'm sure it is. And I haven't watched it, but it's like, at least this one is Uh, a different, uh, Jonathan Taylor Thomas did one in the (laughs) nineties. And there is the Roberto Benigni one. There was the Tom Hanks remake that just came out. We are lousy with Pinocchios and I don't get, there must be something that speaks to filmmakers about (laughs) that story somehow, which doesn't even make sense. Hmm. It's like of all the stories in public domain from a long time ago, the one about, a man making his own child. child is perhaps something we can move past, but I guess not. Anyway, another Oregon film news. The buyer of the Goonies house has been revealed. Bayman Zakari, a self-described serial entrepreneur, said he fulfilled a childhood dream when he purchased the house for just over $1.65 million with an M dollars as a self-proclaimed Goonie. He said his first priority is to ensure the house will never say die. I cut so many bad puns out of this article already. I I missed that one. (laughs) The reason I'm buying it is for the community, said said Zakari. Someone's got to be the caretaker. Someone's got to preserve the landmark. Someone has to keep it original and not get demoed. Demoed. Demode. Demode. <laughs> Goonies are welcome, said Zakari. He said he had no problem with fans taking selfies at the property. He was once one himself, and he only asked that they be respectful of the surrounding neighborhood. Popularity among tourists was at times a sticky subject for the home's previous owner. After the 30th anniversary of the film brought as many as 1,500 visitors a day to that house, which is just on a barely, it's not even a street. It's just kind of at a, on the end of a dirt road looking thing. Totally. The owner temporarily covered the house in tarps and posted no trespassing signs prohibiting tourists from walking up to the property. She re, uh, she later reopened it to the public. The city of Astoria also imposed strict fines for parking and no parking uh, zones, blah, blah, blah. So Zakari, who lives in Kansas City, does not plan to live in the home full time. And Astoria's recent ban on short-term rentals like Airbnb mean that the Goonies' home won't be available for tourists to rent for a weekend. But Zakari did not rule out the possibility of renting longer-term tenants. So Hmm. at least, I guess, people will still be able to see it. 
but um, yeah, <clears throat> take us through PDX, Mark. Guide P- us through PDX, our own airport launches app of offering audio visual directions to help travelers navigate the airport. Good Maps Explore is similar to a car GPS, giving people turn by turn directions through their phone speakers or on the screen. The technology can help travelers, including those who are blind or deaf, get around safely and independently. PDX is the second airport to partner with Good Maps Explore. The technology is also being used at rail stations in the UK and some hospitals. More great things for that airport. I do like that airport. It's a great airport. (laughs) Well, we've been talking about lots of horrifying possibilities for the future. And now it's time to think about horrifying things in the present. This starts in Australia, Mark, but what starts in Australia leads everywhere. (laughs) Aussies are horrified after, and I don't blame them, after McDonald's permanently removes Diet Coke from the menu. Australians have been left shattered after McDonald's permanently removed Diet Coke from the menu. The beloved fast food chain, which is pretty wild, the beloved fast food chain have notified its customers it will permanently stop selling the popular drink after remaining stock runs out. This gut-wrenching news was announced after a Queensland customer inquired where the drink had gone after it was made unavailable. Instead, oh, what a slap in the face. Customers can now opt for Coke No Zero. Coke No Sugar. Oh, Coke, Coke Zero. Yeah, Coke No Zero. Not even Coke Zero. It's Coke No Sugar, which may be what they call Coke Zero there. However, Mark, were the customers... They weren't too McHappy. <laughs> One person wrote to Twitter, please, please, please do not take Diet Coke off the shelves and away from McDonald's. Coke No Sugar is disgusting and not at all a replacement for Diet Coke. Another said, without my beloved large Diet Coke from McD's, there is no point getting meals. While a third person lamented, the news of McDonald's dropping Diet Coke has made me so sad that I could cry. A calorie-free tear, of course. Hashtag McDonald's. Hashtag Diet Coke. Hashtag never forget. (laughs) Oh, but that is wild. I did look up. I was like, because I know Diet Coke is obviously a very popular drink, and I think it's the fourth most popular drink in the U.S., but in Australia, it didn't even seem to be listed in the top ten. So they're... Probably is not quite the affinity for Diet Coke in Australia, except for these these poor people who have been left shattered after McDonald's says that you may not have it anymore. <clears throat> but he's gay. I mean, he's gay. Excuse me, he's blind. So... <laughs> but... Says, but... He's gay. I mean, he's gay. I mean, uh, sorry, me, he's, he's blind. blind. So, oh, that's so good. <clears throat> so the generative pre-trained transformer, the GPT. Oh, okay. uh, of chat GPT. Yes. So I've heard about this, of course, from the Not Nerd podcast, who has been following this for many, many weeks and months. But at the uh, beginning of December, you texted me and you said, can you give me a question about something that maybe you would be studying in uh, grad school right now? And so at the time, I was working on a paper about the gentrification of the Alberta district. And so I said, the gentrification of the Alberta district yep. and chat GPT wrote a, a paper yeah. about it. So what I did is, um, <clears throat> so chat GPT is a, 
huge pool of information that is structured in a way with code to be able to converse with you about the data that's underneath, right? Is it and meant so, to be, is that one meant to be conversational or can you have it do anything like make this a term paper or make this a conversation between two people? And I would say that all of those are conversations. So you're okay. asking it, like you're sitting in a room with it, ask it, hey, can you write me a term paper? Right? Okay, And so uh, from its perspective, that's a conversation. From your perspective, you're giving it a task. And so, uh, <clears throat> so what I did with your example is I said, give me 10 research questions that I should ask about the gentrification of the Alberta district in Portland. Actually, I didn't even say Portland. And it then spit out 10 very interesting questions that a researcher would ask about that topic. And then I went through and asked each of those questions into ChatGPT. And by the end, I had 10 sections that dis that went through the context, the information, the impact, the and I, you know, then assembled all that and pasted it back to you in like three minutes or yeah. whatever, right? And and the the end result is usually accurate and uh, has all the the information. What we're finding at this level of uh, three, not four, you know, uh, everything's going to change here pretty soon. Is the content is still not super uh uh human like it's it's still like straightforward fact fact you know it's right. it's like a freshman in high school writing a term sure paper sure okay of here's here's my main sentence and here's my direct on and, mm -hmm. and i it's in summary i say this right right and so Right now, it's getting us about 80% done, I would say. it's uh, And so we at work, we're using it. We have a web development company. We are using it for both preparing for meetings. So we've got a prospective client that issues J-1 visas for uh, for uh, teachers to teach overseas and they just got certified to be able to issue these visas from the State Department, and they need a website that conforms to the State Department's requirements for that. And so I don't know what those requirements are. And so I said, um, you can give it context. What, what's great about ChatGPT is you can give it context and say, uh, you are, and you're talking to the, the AI, you are a seasoned marketing professional with 20 years experience and you are creating a digital content management plan for a company that does this this company uh issues j1 visas from right and then in preparation for a onboarding meeting what questions should we ask that client right and it gave like 20 really solid 
questions that are relevant and and kind of tease out the details of what they do with the J1 and J2 visas and and what they need to have on their website for the you know and all that stuff. So we come to the meeting not only like we're prepared, but we didn't have to do a ton of research. Right. I spent about 10 minutes before the meeting preparing, shared it with my business partner and now we're like seemingly experts on the the topic right and which is great for us it's it's honestly great for our client because it's summarized and put things together that that i didn't need to spend 20 hours they don't care if i spend 20 hours they just want to know if i have the information right and and so it's contextualize it for our job specifically uh and so we also use it for writing blog posts and we're not doing it uh like copy paste it's more of like um using craft cms in the portland metro area you know as a small agency running craft cms in the portland metro area what are some topics that we can uh it, you know get more traffic to our website from the uh x community or or whatever right and it will create some blog titles for us that then i go well that's a that's a pretty good title for a blog and then i'm like write a 500 word blog post in html that um that we can use with this headline we are an agency in portland so as a contact and so then it it weaves in our story as part of that because it has the context of what I've given it of we're a small boutique agency with 20 years experience of web development. And so it weaves that into the blog post. And then if there's a paragraph I want to enhance, I then just feed that back in. Like, can you expand on this paragraph? And I paste in the paragraph and it expands on it and and goes into more detail. Can you this provide that in bullet point questions for our client? You know, and it does it right. And so and I will say this will this will be a, a Mark and Toddcast mystery that sometime in the past, <coughs> I'll say four months we've had many many guests on. Yep, one of those guests. <laughs> You use chat GPT no, too. No, totally. And so last week, uh, last, <laughs> no. last week we Spoilers. had, <laughs> totally. uh, last week we had Rose on and great episode. Love Rose. She's our neighbor. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's on the list waiting for her third heart transplant and kidney transplant. And I don't have a whole lot of context around that uh, and, and information. So I wanted to come in with guns a blazing <laughs> and be able to ask questions that weren't offensive or weren't just yeah. dumb. You know, yeah. I wanted like a little deeper, yeah. like what are the the challenges? What are the, the controversies? What yeah. are the things? And so uh, I had it give me like 20 questions to ask Rose and I, I probably used three or four of them. Okay. I, I, it wasn't a just a list that I gave to Rose, but right. there were topics of like the um, the current practice of 
giving money to people in exchange for their kidney for live uh, donor uh, uh, providers. Mm -hmm. And I hadn't even considered the ethical issues of that being a a debate on the main stage. And so we asked her about yeah, that. Yeah. We talked about that a little bit, you know. And so it's it's not like transform like right. transforming, well, what, but it is just it's a tool in our tool belt that's now like a really cool tool. Yeah, it's a, a multifunctional tool. Yeah. Well, what I what I immediately noticed when when we did the Alberta you get fed at the Alberta gentrification questions, and this is also a discussion that is happening in in education in general, is that there was in in the ai generated paper there was nothing about racial elements there was nothing no. about redlining there was right. nothing and like when you look at the history of the alberta district it is it's, nothing but race racist politics which absolutely. actually i wanted to get back to that thing you were saying earlier is that i heard it the opposite where a person cannot be racist racist means it is a set of policies by a power structure that is already, you know, whatever. It right. is the the system of power and how it does things through legal means or financial. People can be discriminatory, discriminatory and prejudiced or bigoted. But like I, Todd, cannot be racist because I am not in control of all right. of these You're large not an institution. I am not an institution right. yet. Yeah, we're working on that. <laughs> as soon as I get to be an institution, I'm going to be racist. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, in that, I mean, in that, it is a big discussion. Like, if you if you fed the AI the, what we grew up learning about the history of America, it's going to perpetuate a lot of different things that are not accurate. And that, I mean, that's I guess the the history of people too is that we keep building on these things without and then conveniently leaving out things that either make us uncomfortable or, or we don't see because we are history is written by the winners and we're the winners. And so it's interesting and it will be interesting to see how they can try to account for that or try to balance that or try to, because you don't want it to be like, find the most liberal crazy person you can and have them explain it and then just do that since we're, you know, but you also can't have like, how are we going to stop this? Not necessarily disinformation, but erasure of, of people and stories at in the same way that we already have been. Totally. So I, uh, I've got chat GPT open in front of us. and, And so I'm like, uh, so I asked it, what are some great things the Nazis did? <laughs> right? <laughs> I can't wait in post to just take that out and add that to my soundboard. Uh, and it and it responded back very appropriately. It's like, it's not appropriate to state that there are great things that the Nazi regime did. And then it goes through and says, the Nazi regime led by Adolf Hitler was responsible for one of the most devastating genocides in human history mm. and goes uh, about three sentences into all the, all right. the bad things. Uh, and, and so there are some checks and balances in place, but um, it's it's still a machine and it's still not creative in the sense of generating new ideas or new content or new information. It's only amalgamating all of the information that's out there and having some of it sift to the top uh, when it's asked to do things. Right. Right. Wow. 
<laughs> so, so what do you think? I mean, I can see applications now, like you are actively using it as, yeah. as to help and, and those things are working. I'm wondering if there's going to be like a killer app or if there's going to be like what? So, uh, um, pr- probably most definitely there, there'll be a dozen killer apps out of this of, uh, things with legal counsel. So if there, there's that MLM that is like a monthly service for legal protection, legal, uh, legal zoom, legal zoom, uh, I can see that not needing to exist anymore. If I need a privacy policy created for my website, I first go to ChatGPT and say, we are hosted in the United States. We do business this way. We don't sell products on our website. We do have traffic from California and from Europe. So we need to uh, conform to both of those policies for privacy, the GDPR and uh, California's, I think, CCA uh, for for privacy and 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 those uh, collection of information. Tell it the context, and it will spit out a document that you can then run by your legal counsel if you need to. If you if that's the, but you don't need to start from scratch, scratch. with your lawyer and say, "Will you spend?" hours and draft me a new document you can say i have a document can you review review this for accuracy and make any modifications greatly reducing your legal counsel fees if you will so things like that uh and um you can also ask it to adjust tone or um Mm. uh, or or stuff so you can so we have a friend that it was having a conflict with their boss and uh, they had written a letter that they were having us review okay. and saying, I'm going to be sending this letter to my boss. And I'm like, I'm like, well, there's a lot of red flags here because this is coming from a place of emotion in some places. And, Dear <laughs> and so I literally pasted the letter into chat GPT and said uh, something to the effect of, uh, can you rewrite this in a, in a professional tone and take into, uh, you know, I've been in business, I have this, you know, I've been at this company for X number of years and, uh, you know, and it did a really good job. And then if you don't like the specific example that it gave, you can click regenerate and it will redo it from scratch and do it again and you can then co- you know pick and choose the sentences that you like the sentences you don't like that what part you want to emphasize what part you don't and so literally in like 10 minutes i'd rewritten her letter like three times <laughs> and give it given it to her and and um I, I think she took parts of her original parts of the ones that we had workshopped with ChatGPT, and I told her that that's where it was coming from. Um, it, and uh, in the end, uh, everything worked out really well with the boss. Okay. So, so there, there was a good ending there. Wow. And, uh, so it is, I mean, I guess, yeah, it fun- functions just like Grammarly. Yeah. In, in language and stuff like that, how you can make it do or check your write in different styles or right interesting 
And and so like we're getting ready for a meetup this coming Wednesday. It's at a bar themed uh, in Portland, themed after Lord of the Rings. And so I had the meetup description written in Lord of the Rings style. Nice. Uh, and I should and try to see if I can like do that. like clever headlines or something yeah. like that. I'd be interested to see how. So, I mean, I know that would be the height of its limitation, which is why I would find yeah. it interesting. So, so Nick and I have been doing a lot with uh, children's YouTube channel uh, creation stuff, and it's not really super creative in uh, like create a character's uh, a, a children's character name. Okay. It did, and they were all terrible, you know. And so, um, and this is still level three, not level four, but uh, they. I wonder if they weren't usable. I wonder if, like, when we look back at this discussion in twenty years, um, or or thirty years, so thirty years ago, I was just getting into college and I was taking an art class, and this is the rise of desktop publishing, and of course, the whole thing is like, if our computer's making our art, then are we really? And like, people were pushing back against that and saying, like, I wonder if it's going to just be like, no, 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 it's. It's just a pen, like everyone complained about the pencil because I wasn't using a brush. Exactly, exactly, exactly. And, and that's, uh, especially if you talk to anyone younger than us, (laughs) uh, that's exactly what they're saying. It's like, this is just another brush, another tool, another tool on our tool belt. It's nothing more than Excel. Well, it (laughs) is more than Excel. Uh, and there's, uh, there's a video that I sent you, uh, a, a few weeks ago that was talking about how, speech and and that the expression of language until this point has been the sole domain of humans and this is the first time that we're really seeing brand new contextual language being generated by non-humans and so it's 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 providing information context creativity uh you know it writes jokes uh, sometimes terribly as demonstrated by our intro uh it wrote the joke uh I, oh I did it we'll have to listen to it we'll have to play that again yeah, at the end right write a joke about artificial intelligence and uh and and it did uh but you can have it right so i had it um the prompt I gave are what are some surprising uses for chat GPT provides some sample prompts that will give amazing results. And so here's a few that it gave me write a script for a science fiction movie set in the year 2050, create a recipe for a vegan gluten-free dessert that includes avocado and chocolate. Ooh, that's interesting to do recipes. Totally. And it will. And it, and there, cause you can just look in your fridge, give me a recipe with, <laughs> These eggs I've had in here for four months, this yes. wilted piece of lettuce, okay. and all of this Diet Coke. Well, let's go down this this trail a little bit, uh, this rabbit hole. So uh, Nick's father uh, went to the doctor eight months ago and was diagnosed with a aortic aneurysm oh. and that he then kept as a secret from his family oh because he didn't want everybody to be alarmed and, and worried. And so he's like, I'll just eat better and everything will be fine so uh he went back to his doctor eight months later and the doctor freaked out on him and was like um basically you know 
you need to have your wife sign this and bring it back to me. Wow. You know, not not yeah, direct, yeah, yeah. literally, but uh, your family needs to be involved in this for dietary reasons, for exercise reasons, all, right. all the things. And so he didn't have a whole lot of context uh, and information of like, what do I eat? Yeah. Right. And so <laughs> Nick and I went and sat down and chat GPT and said, for a uh, 68-year-old man with uh, aortic aneurysm who weighs this much, is this tall, has this blood pressure. What is a sample menu for two weeks of breakfast, lunch, and dinner uh, of diet? You know, and, and so then it was like, well, you want to keep low in sodium. You want to keep low in, in saturated fats and this stuff. And then it gave Monday through through Sunday menus for all for all two weeks i I did that so that you'd have a whole sampling of things and then i said give a shopping list for the above right and then it it breaks that down into a shopping list that then you could bring to the store and say i need three avocados and i need this and and that's two weeks of all of your menu i'm gonna have to try that entirely you know and so you want to do weight loss. You want to in, improve your your uh, blood pressure. Yeah. Your you know have uh, hypoglycemic. You know whatever the, the chat thing GPT is. is there food other than pizza? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and uh, and so there's there's just so many really practical uses. And so then Nick literally printed out that document and and brought it back to him. And and he's still eating rice aroni and and mac and cheese. Uh, so he's not following any of it, but uh, he has it. He has it. Uh, so, wow. Uh, design a workout plan for beginner looking to lose weight and build muscle. Design a landscape plan for a small backyard garden that includes water feature and vegetable beds. Write a script for a video game where the player is a detective solving a series of interconnected crimes. Create a personal development plan for a recent college graduate looking to advance their career. Wow. So like all those are are perfectly great examples. And what we're really find surprising is it's it's not just prompt and response. We're taking prompt and response and enhance, enhance, enhance. And so we're taking enhance. It, we're taking that result that it gave us and we're feeding that back into the chat GBT to to say Expand tell me on more. the tell me more about this topic. Or if I wanted to uh, eat black, you know, I, I love black beans uh, as a uh, staple food. Like, what are some examples yeah. of low calorie black bean based food? And we're back. <laughs> we hardly even knew we were gone. Yeah. So, uh, so we had problems with the the storage device. But I don't know how much we lost at the end. So, we did. We uh, thankfully we had just passed the hour mark. We were like an hour two, and every half hour it makes a new file. Yep. So we got the we at least got the bulk of the show. Uh, so who knows where, <laughs> what what part we were rambling with or whatever. But <laughs> so let us know if you've got questions about ChatGPT. I'd love to uh, dive in further with you. Yeah. So. Nate and, Nate and Dave, that was for you. <laughs> so, well, thank you everyone for listening. Uh, we'll just sign up since we're um, already here anyway. Um, but he's gay. I mean, he's gay. Excuse me, he's blind. But he's gay. I mean, he's gay. Excuse me, he's blind. <laughs>
I love the terseness of the, of the computer voice. So, well, thank you everyone for coming along. Um, if you have any ideas for show topics that you would like to hear, let us know. Or if you have uh, a story you want to tell or an experience you've had or a thing that you like to talk about, get a hold of us and we'll have you on the show. So other than that, thank you guys. We'll talk to you later. All right. Bye.